phones. Um, if you have um, brought your Bibles, you might like to turn to Luke chapter 8. And I'm just going to pray before we read the word together. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a God who draws near to us and that we as your people can have an expectancy, God, that you want to speak to us this morning. So God, we just choose to do our part to prepare our hearts, Lord, to receive what it is that you want to say to us this morning. I thank you, God, that you are not limited by human capacity to preach, but that you are well able, Lord, for each one of us here this morning to speak something to us that is meaningful to us as a unique individual, one of your children. And so, God, we just thank you um, and open our ears to you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to read a fairly well-known passage of Scripture this morning um, in Luke 8. I'm going to start in verse 4. And when a crowd was gathered... And people from town to town came to him, meaning Jesus. He said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it is given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables so that in seeing they may not see, and in hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes along and takes away the word from their heart, so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rocks are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy, but these have no root. They believe for a while and in time of testing fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasure of life, and their fruit does not mature. And as for the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast with an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience." We seem to be in a season as a church where we have received quite a number of words that we are in um, a season of preparation, getting ready for what it is that God wants to do in our midst. Um, this is, in fact, I think, been really quite a consistent theme for us over really a few years now at least. 
Um, and when we look in Scripture, it's actually also a very consistent theme throughout Scripture. God calling his people to be a prepared people. And then recently we had um, a prayer week. And during that prayer week, I personally just had a number of words and pictures about preparing soil. And it isn't because I'm a fabulous gardener, although perhaps it was a word of knowledge that I should become so. But in ancient Israel, they were an agricultural society. And so throughout scripture, what we find is many stories, references and parables that use the natural process of agriculture to reveal spiritual truths and the nature of God's kingdom. And the parable that we've read in Luke today, which is often called the parable of the sower, but actually potentially could be more accurately um, described as the parable of the soils. This is one such story, taking something that happens in the natural and revealing the the nature and spiritual truths of the kingdom of God. So this parable actually appears in all three of the synoptic gospels. And it's the only one, um, well, maybe not the only one, actually, one of very few that, God, um, that Jesus actually gave an explanation to. A lot of them he just left to sit with his hearers. This is one that he actually unpacked with his disciples. And in Mark's account of this parable, he actually records Jesus going as far as to say that if you don't understand this parable then how are you going to understand any of the others? So that impresses upon me just how important it is for us to pay attention to this parable. So the parable describes four types of soil onto which the seed is scattered. You've got the hard-packed path, which is totally uncultivated soil. And so the seed only sits on the top of it. And what ends up happening to the seed is it's stepped on because it's on a path and also it's easily stolen and eaten by the birds before it gets to germinate. Then Jesus describes this rocky ground where the seed falls in a place where there is some soil but more rocks than soil. Um, And there's enough soil for the seed to germinate but not enough for it to actually grow any roots or get any depth. And so what happens is when the external pressures come, when wind or heat or storm comes, the infant plant cannot withstand it, and so it ends up withering away. Then he talks about weed-infested ground where the seed germinates. It even sprouts and begins to form roots, but no fruit is formed, um, Jesus describes, because it's choked out by the weeds. And then, of course, we have the good soil, where the seed germinates, it grows healthy roots, and yields a crop. Jesus explains to his disciples that each of these four types of soil represents the condition and the responsiveness of a person's heart to his word. So the hard and responsive, hard and unresponsive, sorry, their path is hard and unresponsive, where the word doesn't penetrate, it doesn't go into the heart, and the devil quickly steals it. The rocky, very shallow soil, where the word is initially received with great joy, 
but it doesn't form any roots. And when trials and adversity come, they stop believing the word. And then with the weedy soil, um, it's all overrun with weeds. And so even though the seed takes root and it grows, it's choked out. And so this describes a heart where the cares and the distractions of the world basically choke out the word of God in a person's heart and life. In each case, the seed has the same potential. But it is the quality of the soil that determines the fruitfulness or the yield of it. So the parable of the soils is often, I think, used, and this is certainly my experience, used to distinguish between the believer and an unbeliever and the various heart responses that people have to the proclamation of the gospel. But actually, I believe we miss the richness of this parable and the importance of what Jesus is teaching um, if we only observe it in this way. The goal actually held out in this parable is not simply to be saved, but to reach full maturity and to bear fruit. So in the natural, in order to provide the best conditions for a seed to thrive and mature and be fruitful, the soil needs to continually be evaluated, cultivated and tended. And the condition of the soil of our hearts is no different. See, soil conditions change over time. Soil that was once soft and fertile and moist can become hard-packed, rocky and weed-infested um, and maybe trodden down by lots of traffic. Um, in our garden recently, we've got large areas that were once fairly good growing spaces in our garden, but we had a studio put in the back garden last year. And so all the traffic of the builders in and out um, has left our soil in that area of our garden all hard packed and trodden down. At the moment, if we scattered seed on it, it really wouldn't grow anything. Sometimes soil changes conditions because um, and becomes more dry and barren because of drought. And even soil can lose its nutrients from being overplanted and then the nutrients not being added back into the soil. So our hearts can become hard and rocky and weed infested for many reasons. Maybe from holding on to unconfessed sin. Maybe your heart is sore and wounded and in fact holding on to lies and discouragement. Perhaps you are sucked dry and exhausted by disappointment or a loss of hope. Or maybe you're hanging on to rocks of unforgiveness and offence. Or perhaps the ground or the soil of your heart is riddled with weeds of stubbornness or arrogant self-reliance or even those sneaky weeds that get in like distraction and busyness. See, all of these things and many more, they affect the quality of the soil of our hearts and therefore how receptive our hearts are to the word of the Lord in our life. They stunt the growth and the fruitfulness of the seed of his word. 
So my question for you as we look at this this morning is have you evaluated the condition of your heart soil recently? What is the condition of your heart soil at the moment? Is it fertile and soft and moist and receptive to the word of the Lord? Or is it fallow? Scripture often uses this word fallow. Fallow just is another word for a piece of uncultivated and barren soil. So is your heart fertile or is it fallow? If our hearts are fallow, and we have to understand, don't we, that the seed, there's nothing wrong with the seed. So if our hearts are fallow, that is they're uncultivated and barren, if we're not seeing fruit, how do we treat the soil to make it fertile again? Hosea chapter 10 verse 12 says this, Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap steadfast love, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord, that he may reign, come and rain righteousness upon you. Plowing or tilling or turning over of the soil is not a passive thing. It actually, and it's not a surface treatment. If the soil of our gardens is hard and rocky and weed infested, just coming in and adding a little layer of topsoil is not going to treat the problem. Hosea says, break up your fallow ground. This means to turn over the soil of your heart. And in its truer sense, this is repentance. It's the returning to God, the turning over of the soil of our hearts over to him, to fully trust him, to fully turn over our hearts to him. And when we turn over our hearts fully to him, it's not a one-time job, is it? I mean, we bought our house 24 years ago. If we'd come in, dug over the garden, turned over the soil, and then are expecting 24 years later for the condition of the soil to still be ready for planting, well, that's ridiculous. So it's the same with the soil of our hearts. That turning over process, the breaking up the fallow ground, that's not a one-time process in our life. It's a, a continual process because the condition of our soil can change. And so we need to regularly examine our lives and take stock to break up the fallow ground, to turn our hearts over to him, to allow the Lord to be breaking through any hardness or crustiness that's formed to pull out, help us pull out the weeds and to deal with the rocks. So this is step one of cultivating a healthy soil, a soil in which seed is able to grow, a fertile soil. It's the taking out, the letting go, the getting rid of, the breaking up the ground. But step two is more like a laying hold of or a building healthy, fertile soil. It's about what we're putting in. And so if you have a look with me at verse uh, 15 of Luke 8, we find a description of the characteristics of good soil or what a, what a receptive heart looks like. And I think within that we find three keys to cultivating fertile soil. 
Jesus says this, as for, um, is, as for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast with an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. Those who hear the word, hold fast to it and bear fruit with patience. And so for the remainder of our time this morning, that's really what I want to focus on. What does it look like to build or cultivate the healthy soil of our hearts? So Jesus first starts with this hearing the word, hearing the word. It is vital that we have ears to hear what God is saying to us, right? And in verse 18, actually, of this chapter, um, Jesus says to his disciples, take care how you hear. Take care how you hear. It's actually very easy to become dull of hearing, isn't it? Or to disengage or to be distracted or inattentive. Um, any parents here will recognise the dull of hearing that comes if children are being asked to do their chores. However, less dull of hearing, if possibly what was being proclaimed is there's chocolate cookies on the table, come and get them. But it is so easy for us, particularly in our society, to become dull of hearing. I think we are probably the most distracted generation ever. And so one of the challenges that I think in our generation is that we are increasingly only motivated to listen to what tickles our ears and entertains us. It, this is an interesting aside, but I went to the walk-in clinic recently with one of my girls and um, they weren't very well. And the clinic sister was telling me that one of the... Um, phenomena of the modern age that they are dealing more and more with is that literally what is entertaining us is causing us to become dull of hearing. You see, lots of people now wear the earbuds, the, the earphones that go in your ear. And what's happening is that it's causing a chronic buildup of wax in people's ears because God has designed our ears so that if a little insect is buzzing inside the ear, our ear produces more wax to protect the inner ear. And so what's happening is the ear is mistaking earbuds and the vibration and the earbud being in your ear for an insect and is producing um, more wax. And so the nurse was saying, we are more and more having to syringe out young people's ears because they're getting a buildup of wax. Isn't that interesting? If that's just an aside, that was a freebie? I'm not advertising the expensive, necessarily external earphones. Um, but it is a challenge for us that we become dull of hearing in a society where we just want to be entertained. So from a biblical perspective, to hear the word means to attend, to consider, to understand and to perceive. It's a very active process. It's not just going with what happens to land and we remember. It's a very intentional word, this word to hear, to consider, 
to understand and to perceive. So a vital part of keeping the soil of our hearts healthy and fertile is to remain soft-hearted to the Lord's leading in our life, to pay attention to him, to not be distracted. So Hosea puts it this way, break up your fallow ground, step one. It's time to seek the Lord. And this word for seek in this scripture here, it's not looking for something that's been lost, like hide and seek. It means to inquire of. That's what the word means, to seek, to inquire of the Lord, to consult him. So what I want to suggest to you this morning is that to stay fresh in the Lord, to grow and mature, we actually need to be continually inquiring of the Lord, continually consulting him so that we can hear him and follow him rather than going off and doing our own thing. This is what being soft-hearted towards him looks like. It looks like valuing what he has to say to us over the ideas and the distractions of the world. So my encouragement to you and to myself this morning is be expectant that God is speaking to you. He promises that as his people we will know and hear and recognize his voice. So find moments to be still and to listen. Read the scripture. Pray, not just our long lists of prayers, but listening prayer. Be in church. Seek counsel from godly people in your life. In other words, position yourself intentionally to hear the word of the Lord. So the next key that we find in this verse 15 to cultivating fertile good soil is to hold fast. We are not to just hear the word and then allow it to go in one ear and out the other. Jesus says the quality of good soil is that it holds fast to the word of God in a good and honest heart. In verse 18, which we just did have a look at just before, so Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he says to them, take care how you hear. And then he goes on to say this. Um, he says, um, to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks he has will be taken away. What's interesting here is this word for has is actually the same word as hold fast. So really what he's saying is the one who holds fast, to him more will be given. In other words, there'll be multiplication, there'll be fruitfulness. To the one who holds fast, there will be more. But to the one who doesn't hold fast, even what he thinks he's got will be taken away because he's not holding fast to it. And the other thing that I think is really interesting to note is of the four types of soil that Jesus notes, there's only one where he says the devil gets to steal the seed. And that's where the hard-packed ground, where the seed hasn't gone into the soil, it's sitting on the top, it's not being held fast by the soil, and so it gets to be stolen. 
So we are called to not live superficial lives. We are told to allow his word to go deep in us and to hold it fast. In the natural, seed germinates in the hidden place. Unless you purchase cress. There was a time where my girls just did not have the patience to wait for things to grow in the garden. So we used to get the mustard seeds and things like that where you can sprinkle them on a wet tissue paper and then it would spring up so that they could at least see it. But in general, seed germinates in the hidden place of the soil where it's safe and it cannot be taken away or stolen. So holding fast to the word that we have heard is more than just simply memorizing scripture, although that is very important. The Pharisees, of course, had memorized more scripture than you and I are ever likely to memorize. And yet it hadn't gone deep. They were, most of them, completely missed the Messiah who they were waiting to have um, come to them as he stood straight in front of them. So this idea of holding fast is more than just information. We are to guard against hearing a good word and then to walk away and not appropriate it in our lives. One of the ways that we enable the word to go deep in us as we ponder it and think about it is to actually appropriate what the Lord's saying into our life, to act upon it, to do it. James even says, don't just be hearers of the word, be doers of the word. So we're to guard against just um, hearing a good word and then just walking away from it. See, God is not looking to just simply inform us with his word. He's looking to transform us with his word from the inside out. And so the seed, we know from this parable, it won't bear fruit unless it's planted. And so, again, the word of the Lord will not bear fruit unless it's planted in the soils of our receptive and soft hearts towards him. The psalmist in Psalm 119 verse 11 says, I've hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. And I love the way that it describes how Mary responds to the words given to her about Jesus. There must have been so much going on for her at that point as a young woman who's just given birth to a baby. But she, it says that she treasured those words in her heart and she pondered them. So we are to hide and treasure and ponder his words in our hearts. The great news is we've even been provided with a helper to help us do this. The Holy Spirit, the helper, Recorded, John records this in chapter 14. We won't return there for, um, in the interest of time, but in his gospel, John records in chapter 14 some of the things that the Holy Spirit is to do in our lives. It says the Spirit will teach us and he will bring to remembrance what Jesus has said to us. It also says that he will help us keep God's word. Now, I've often thought about that idea of keeping God's word in the context of being obedient, and absolutely, that is a part of it. But that word for keeping is also hold fast. Isn't that interesting? So he helps us to hold fast to the word of God in our lives and to not let it go. 
We need the Holy Spirit to help us hold fast to the word in good and honest, in a good and honest heart. We need him. We also need each other. So I just want to turn to Hebrews 10 um, and read just 20, verses 23 and 20 to 25. So Hebrews 10, verse 23 to 25. It says this, hold fast again. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. It's pretty clear, isn't it? We need one another to be able to hold fast to the word of God. It can be hard to hold fast on our own. And sometimes we just need somebody with skin on to remind and encourage us to hang on, to hold on, to hold fast to the word of God. I do have one little piece of pastoral advice, something that I've observed over time and have, to be honest, made the same mistake in my own life, is that I think sometimes we can be a little hasty and unwise in sharing with too many people the words that God has spoken over our life. And in my experience, what often happens when you do that is that then you've got to deal with other people's doubts as well as your own. But what I do want to encourage you to do is, whilst being careful not to overshare, is to seek out people who you trust in your life, who are doing life with you, to share the words that God has spoken over your life so that they can encourage you in times where you're struggling to hold fast or you're not seeing the fruit quickly enough that they can encourage you um, to hold fast to the word of God. So it's worth just pausing for a moment because I'm not wanting you to just hear a good word in one ear and out the other. Are you holding fast to the word of God in your life? Have you let his word go deep? We're encouraged to do that, to cultivate habits, to allow his word to just go deep into our hearts. And then the third key to, to building healthy soil in our lives is to bear fruit with patience. I'm going to be really honest. I read that word patience and I groaned out loud. It is becoming rather a familiar word to me this year. Pretty much everything the Lord is bringing back to this word, patience. It's the little Greek word, hupomone. You may recall that I preached on this very word at the beginning of the year. It means patient endurance, constancy, or steadfastness. Bear fruit with patient endurance, with constancy and steadfastness. We are not only the most distracted generation in history, 
but we are probably also the most impatient. There is very little in the modern convenience of our world where we are required to practice patient endurance. But in the agricultural world, that's a very different thing. In James chapter 5, verses 7 and 8, James writes this, Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. And see how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. A farmer has to trust the process and wait for the harvest. They know as they put the seed in the ground that they still are a long way from obtaining a yield from their crop. Long before the plants are pushing up through the soil, there's all this work going on under the surface. And then different crops take different amounts of time to come to fruit. Different conditions like weather have impact on their harvest times. And farmers certainly have to persevere. There will be years where they have bumper crops and there are years of drought for them. A farmer knows the right season for harvest and that's actually what's referred to here in James where it says um, waiting until they've received the early and the late rains. In, in Israel, they knew that those um, rains had to come before that they could harvest. I mean, I look at my garden right now and although I can buy tomatoes in the shops, I'm certainly not expecting to see tomatoes growing in my garden because it's winter. I probably actually am not expecting to see tomatoes grow in my garden even in summer, but <clears throat> the point is that there is a season for growth and mature, maturation and harvest. There are different seasons for those things. And so what James is saying here is have the patience of a farmer. Understand that there are seasons and there are times. And he says that patient endurance, this patient endurance, this steadfastness, it establishes our heart. And the, that word for established there means to strengthen, make stable and set fast. They are the conditions in which the seed of the word of God is able to flourish in, in soil that is established, that is strengthened, that it's stable and it's set fast rather than um, being tossed about. So patient endurance basically is working at the quality of our soil. It's building our character and our integrity. And patient endurance in our lives, which is why I groan, is a clear marker of maturity and growth. It's necessary in our lives. There's no way to skip over that process. Steadfastness is not required in situations that are instant. And yet we are to grow in this, um, in this steadfastness, in this stability in our lives, regardless of what is going on. Galatians 6 is one of my favorite um, scriptures, it says this, Let us not grow weary of doing good, 
For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. So the Lord's challenge, I think, to us this morning is, will we bear fruit with patient endurance? Will we demonstrate in our desire to be a fruitful people that quality of steadfastness? So there's a process to um, building fertile soil in our lives and building an ideal environment for the seed of the word of God to grow and mature and fruit and then multiply, which is always the purpose of seed, isn't it? This pro in this process, we will not hold fast if we don't hear the word of God and we will not bear fruit with patience without holding fast. I'll say that again. We will not hold fast unless we actually hear the word of God. And then we won't bear fruit with patience without holding fast. And so I believe as I bring this to a close this morning that we are in a season where the Lord is inviting us to prepare and cultivate our heart soil to get ready for the harvest. And so I just want to finish with the verse again from Hosea chapter 10, verse 12, because I actually think that it is a charge from the Lord for us this morning. Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap steadfast love. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord that he may reign, come and reign righteousness upon you. Would you like to, I'd like you to stand if that's all right. And we will finish in prayer. I might just invite, oh, thanks, Ellie. You're awesome. Don't even need to invite. There are many aspects around um, allowing the word this morning to go deep into the soil of your heart. You may recognize that, in fact, um, you're in a season where the soil of your heart feels fallow and that, in fact, this is really a season for digging over and um, letting go of some things. And if that's you this morning, I would love to invite you to, to come up and to receive prayer, just to um, acknowledge before the Lord a desire to want to turn over the soil of your heart to him this morning again afresh. You may recognize that there are aspects of good soil in your life and yet you're struggling to hold fast or you're concerned that you're not hearing the word of the Lord and you want to be more confident in your ability to hear him and his leading in your life. Or you may even be like me, struggling with that sense of wanting to build a steadfastness and bearing fruit with patience in your life. And again, I just encourage you to come up and receive prayer this morning. Of course, the um, altar is open to anybody needing prayer in any aspect of your life. We are a church that highly values receiving personal prayer 
in your life. And my encouragement to you, even if none of these things resonate with you this morning, if it's been a few weeks since you've received personal prayer, why not make this the day that you just come up and get a fresh touch from the Lord in your life? We have a prayer team who are prepared and willing and ready just to pray with you and pray a blessing of the Lord over your life. But let's just uh, finish in... Um, by praying together this morning and then you're free to go. But I just would encourage you where the Lord is stirring things to not just rush away this morning. So Father, we stand before you this morning as a people who just so desire to have the fertile soil of our hearts dug over and turned over to you. God, we desire to be a people whereas the seed of your word falls on our hearts. We are receptive and open that we are watching and minding how we hear. Lord, we just welcome that fresh touch of your Holy Spirit in our lives this morning. We ask that you would make clear to us those things that you're doing in the hidden places of our heart. And we want to be responsive to you, God. So would you help us this week, Father, to have ears to hear you, to recognize, God, where our hearts may be getting a bit crusty, to recognize, Father, where there are weeds or rocks that we need to deal with. Father, may we be a people who just are so intentional about cultivating healthy soil in our hearts. And Father, we respond as your people, not just individually this morning, but corporately and say, um, we want to be a prepared people. And so God, we respond to your word this morning to sow for ourselves righteousness, to break up the fallow ground. We recognize, God, that you are saying to us at this time that it is time to inquire of you, to consult you, to seek after you, that you may come and rain righteousness upon us. And we want to say yes to you, God. We want to say, Lord, that we are all in. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.